Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. How are you doing? If you're out there in Atlantic City at the National making it happen, good luck. Good luck. Hopefully you're all having some fun, making deals, doing all those things. I have my brother at McGrath Cards on the podcast today just to talk about collecting, what we're doing, thinking about the National from last year, talking about plans to make sure we are there next year. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Thank you, everyone who's out there in Atlantic City right now who is listening to the podcast. Like I mentioned on the Wednesday episode, wish I could be there, but other life commitments take precedent. We're, I think I was reflecting back into this time last year and I had my brother on and I figured uh, it'd be a good time to bring him back on the podcast to talk about a year in the hobby, the evolution, things he's doing uh, in overall collecting. But without further ado, Kyle, welcome back. How's it going? It's going. Glad to be back on Stacking Slabs. So Always a, a great thing to look forward to, and I know I'm, I'm joining you on a podcast, so looking forward to unplugging from work for a little bit here and uh, talking cards. So maybe we, so we do this a lot, just so the listeners know, we, we have uh, sporadic FaceTimes, and we talk about um, what we're buying, what we potentially could be selling, and I think uh, it's always fun to have a, a family member involved in the hobby, and We'll probably get into some of that stuff as the conversation progresses, but maybe we start here. I feel like it, this is one of those things is the nat- the buildup of the nationals happening and people are there. Uh, I definitely feel some FOMO, but then on the other side of it, I think it's like, man, like this year and there's just, there's too much on my plate, like being a new dad, um, working at a small business that is, has ambitious goals that keeps me at my desk for a lot of the days. And so I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but like, of course I wish I would be there, but like, I'm trying to mentally get myself in the, the mode of saying it's okay. You're not there. Just start planning for next year right now. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, same. I think, well, last year for both of us, it was our first national, right? So it was like, I felt like we did everything we could to clear our place. Like, you know what? We're doing this together. We're going, and it's drive up to Chicago, which is three hours away. So, you know, easy commute. Um, and it was a blast, like just, you know, finally getting to meet people in person that we had communicated with online uh, over the past, you know, year and a half or so. And yeah, this year there's still that same excitement, but you're right. There's all these other logistics that play into it. You know, I've got a, uh, a three and a five year old at home. My wife, you know, with COVID kind of reducing and travel picking back up for work. You know, my wife's been traveling the past couple of weeks. I've got travel coming up in, in future weeks. You know, we're getting ready for my oldest to go to kindergarten here soon. So there's just so much like family dynamics too that are, that is playing in the mix. The, the thought of 
traveling, you know, out east as much fun as it would be to go to the national again and to see everybody. It definitely just takes on a different connotation this this year. And you know, we I think we're smart enough to plan ahead and did the Midwest Monster here in Indiana, which was kind of gave us a little bit taste of the type of cards that are out there or some of the dealers that are going to be out at the national. And it was a good way for us just to really kind of spend a day like we did up in Chicago last year, just to go walk around booths, talk to people and look at some cool cards. So missing out, I'm going to be scared to look at my Instagram feed over the next week, just with having that FOMO, but um, definitely content on staying back home. Plus too, with all the, the stuff that's been popping on eBay lately, I don't, I don't think I have any money to spend <laughs> at national this year for, for all the purchases that have been happening over the last week or so. So I want to touch on that, but before I do, uh, the, uh, I think my message to everyone has been like, maybe this is just me telling myself and then I'm telling everyone else. It's just like, don't like, don't feel bad that you can't be there. It's there's going to be more. And also what you mentioned, there's likely opportunities to go do something at a smaller scale. Like we were fortunate to go to the Midwest monster. And I think just the messages is like, whether it's a national or another show, like it's, it's tough to travel sometimes, but just like prioritize it, plan it, plan in advance. I feel like I got so many messages. Are you going, are you going, are you going, are you going? And then I kept pushing it. And finally it just reached a point. Like when I came back from vacation, it was like, no, I'm not going. And now I just need to tell anyone, but back to segue to your point. I think like, if you are not at the national right now, I hope that you are online looking for cards because I share in that same sentiment over the last three weeks, I've bought more cards that I have been looking in after that have been like top of my list than I could have ever imagined. So what, like, how are you reading that? Like, it seems like there's more cards online right now and not just, it seems like more cards that we like to collect and opportunities out there. Yeah. I think it's a combination of you know, certainly we see a dip in prices in the market, right? But on certain cards that are more scarce and rare that we both actively seek on eBay, um, they still are carrying a, a solid price tag. But it seems like those that may be going to National are looking to sell some of their PC or cards that they may have just to have some cash on hand. At least that's the, the dream that I'm uh, living in right now because I feel like every time I refresh my eBay search, there is a new Peyton Manning Finest Gold that's popped that I don't have. There is a 2011 Finest Mosaic Refractor card that I just love that, that set that I'm trying to collect. Or, you know, just any other just offshoot of, of cards that I'm trying to collect nowadays. I feel like there's something new that's popping uh, to the point where I was used to be able just to, to buy cards that I like, but now I'm having to dip into my PC because I don't have any like cards that I've gotten back from a PSA return that I could easily just sell and, and use that cash to buy elsewhere. I, I feel like I'm trying to make the tough choices now of, and we were talking about this before the show of, Hey, there's a, you know, there was a, a 2000 finest Peyton Manning gold. Um, and it, I'm trying to collect all the paint golds. I think similar to what you are. And I've got the 99 and you know, I've got, now I've got the 2000, but when I was making that purchase, I was like, man, I, like, I think I actually have to sell one of my, Pittman Jr. gold cards that I have just to offset the cost. And I made the decision, but I think at the end of the day, I'm happier with the purchase that I've made because, you know, it just adds to the, all of the, the finest gold cards that I have of Manning. Um, and I've got some other cool Pittman cards in my PC that I, that I'm going to hold on to. But yeah, I think just 
daily, I'm tempted with pressing the the bin because that's the thing. It's not just auction. They're just like really like competitive bin prices that are out there to the point I know you and I have been texting on whether it's a Philip Rivers gold prism card or um, the uh, to the 2006 finest Peyton gold that I had sent to you that you talked about in a recent show. I mean, the prices are fair enough that, you know, it's just easy to hit Ben and move on and wait for that mail day to arrive. Yeah, I think. And like that judgment day moment where it's uh, I don't know, the prices are so nice right now where and I am holding off and I tease this on the Wednesday episode of a you know what the card is, but a card I will be sharing soon when it gets into my uh, collection where it's like the prices are so competitive on some of the stuff you literally literally have no time because I know the community of people that collect the cards that I collect and I know what their tastes are. So you just have, you like, you have to make these quick decisions and then it's almost like you, then you got to go back to your PC and be like, all right, well, what's going. And like you mentioned, we were talking about it before you got on. It's where you're, you get to the point where it's like all the cards you have are cards you like, and so it's kind of letting go of an old friend. Do you think it's the the newness of like that new card that you don't have that you get attracted to that you prioritize over maybe something you've had for a while? Is it like you talked about collecting the finest golds? Is it the cotton continuity between that's hard to break? Like what it what have you found kind of is that measuring stick of saying, all right, this one is important enough or I value this one more enough than anything else in my PC that it's time to make a move. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes with, you know, we've been doing this for what, three years now in terms of kind of our conversations back and forth, trying to identify what do we like? You know, are we in basketball? Are we in football? Okay, what kind of football cards do we like? What players do we like to collect? And I think through all that, you really start to refine down what you are specifically collecting because it makes you happy and you're genuinely excited to add that card to your PC. You know, the Peyton Gold's uh, finest cards are one thing, but an offshoot of that is I'm trying to collect every Reggie, Marvin, or Edrin James that have an equal gold to that Peyton for those years, right? And in some years, you may get a Reggie, a Marvin, and a Peyton, right, that you can shoot for, right? So there's, there, you know, you, you always see people talk about like collecting the rainbow, right, when it comes to more modern cards, right, and people post them, which is a really cool drive and goal to have but when you kind of create your own like rainbow concepts of you know collecting certain players of a certain card because they're on your team that's when it becomes easier for me that when one of those pops this is yep i'm definitely going to add it and then you know players and rookies that i've collected that are more modern players you know quite frankly i kind of looked at my pc and my card ladder value and i'm like man i pumped a lot of money into these cards like i'm really heavily leveraged there so would i rather have a gold rookie of every Pittman junior from all the you know cards his rookie year or do I just keep my gold prism and then look forward to collecting his second year gold prism and then his third year except and just build it that way and then sell off the rest of my my Pittman rookie cards right it's just kind of making that internal judgment of, of what's most valuable to you what makes you happy um, and yeah there's a little bit of that newness factor there but I think that coupled with this is the goal and what you're trying to achieve from a collecting perspective just really kind of sweetens that decision to to make that purchase you you and i have got gotten into this and going down the lanes of and i don't know what influences certainly several collectors that i'm associated with 
and or people maybe I'm not associated with on Instagram that I admire the, the, the connecting and the building continuity and collecting different quarterbacks, collecting all those Colts hall of famers and getting the same cards in the same set of a parallel, like a gold parallel. And I don't, it's like this quest to like piece these little, like you're building a puzzle and you're just trying to piece these things together. And then at the end of it, you like can present this photo of all of these cards together. And for one shape or the other, whether it's year, whether it's parallel type, whether it's brand, like they connect. And I think they begin, you can begin to tell a story of why you collect these cards the way you do. And I don't know what turn or what evolution that is in the hobby, but like that is something I feel like you and I are both encountering right now. And to me, it's probably the strongest force that I felt where it really, it, it's not just buying aimlessly. It's, it's your, it feels like you're collecting something and you're, you're building something. And um, there's probably a, an end to that build, but then I'm that end of the build might connect back into something else. So I don't know, like to me, that's collecting. I know you're enjoying doing that. Um, maybe yeah. like share a little bit about it from your perspective. Yeah. I think, I, I think that, that carousel kind of mentality is exactly right. Like, you know, we've, I've gone through stints of, of, you know, prospecting rookies. I've gone through stints of just, just general team collecting of just Colts players. Right. And, you know, the cards don't, they collect together, but they don't, there's no story to tell between them. Right. So I finally feel like I'm at the part of the carousel ride where I'm starting to tell that story, collect similar cards that, you know, I can flip through my Zion case. All my cards are in a PSA slab, right? Like, I'm very type A. So, so having like uniformity, that look and feel, um, it's just a satisfying feeling. And then and goes back to our earlier conversation, I'm not making national this year, right? It's like, we have so much going on in our lives. Like cards is an area that we can just take a deep breath, put a smile on our face, like take 10 minutes out of our day, flip through some cards and just like reflect upon the, either, you know, when we bought the cards, how we acquired those cards or just the player that we bought and special moments that they had on the, on the field of play that we remember. Right. So like building that story and being a part of that carousel ride where you're just, you're, you're being able to just like take satisfaction um, in your collection. is just a cool feeling. I feel like for me personally, and that's kind of the space that I'm entered into now um, is just having, you know, fun and purposefulness in what I'm collecting right now. So if we rewind the tape back to Chicago last year and think about that experience and it's honestly, it's wild. It's, it's wild to think that it was a year ago because I remember putting the cards that I bought in my case and the cards felt so new for so long that it's just, I don't know, life, life changes quickly. And it just, it seems like yesterday, but like going through that experience for the first time, because there'll be many people out there encountering their first national experience. Like, how do you think going to Chicago last year and being a part of the madness has influenced or helped kind of with your collecting or direction in this past year? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it opened my eyes to all the different types of cards that are out there, right? It's not just scrolling through eBay and seeing kind of similar cards from the similar brands um, over and over on a daily basis, right? You go to national, I mean, from vintage all the way through modern, there are parallels of sets that you didn't even know existed. I think you discovered there was a Peyton molten metal red out of 25 card that you picked up there, right? 
And I remember us both walking by that car going, I have never seen that before. And I'd never seen it on eBay before. And I, I bought a 99 uh, Bowman's Best, Best Performer Peyton Atomic Refractor, I think from the same guy at the show too, right? It's like the experience of walking through and, you know, you have in your mind of, you know, I'm only going to collect this car, but now you see the vast landscape out there was really a cool takeaway. So that was like one of the biggest um, eye openers from national. I think two, it's just making the personal connections with those folks in the hobby, right? Like the captain, you know, Kevin, it was awesome to meet him in person and do some deals on some Brady cards. Sorry, Kevin, I do not have those Brady cards anymore. I definitely divest those. Neither do I. I try hard to keep Tom Brady cards in my PC, but every time I looked at it, I was like, I just, you know, I had utmost respect for him, utmost respect for all their collectors. Uh, but I definitely held on to him for a period of time, but have moved on and acquired some other stuff. But just to understand, you know, how Brady collectors work and the and their angle on building their PC there, right? Had direct parallels to stuff that I'm doing on my paint PC today. And then there's just good people out in the hobby that I've realized that once they get to know you and what you're collecting, they'll, you know, shoot you a message or an eBay list, right? When something pops. So you know, it's just nice to have friends in the hobby that are on the lookout for you. Even if you may collect similar type of cards, it's just nice to make those those connections in person for sure. So definitely missing out on them this year, but definitely some good learning experiences from our Chicago National. It was really hard to hang on to the Brady cards with the captain's pricing. Very good prices. If you're at the National, go visit Kevin. I'm plugging him because he's a buddy, but he... He, this is the type of guy you want to do a deal with, but the prices were nice. And then when I got home, I was like, man, these cards are awesome. And then I just looked at what the Brady market was doing and it was hard not to take advantage of that because Peyton's our guy at the end of the day. I will say I have, I've gone a full circle now. And now some of what I'm collecting, I have set up the Brady safe searches. And it's, it, you look at the prices and you're like, damn, like this is going to, but, but I'm, there are deals right now. So it's, it's in, I'm interested to see if stuff pops up from that angle or not, because I don't know that I do my connection with Brady. I've been buying him through like duels with Peyton, which is fun, but sure. I guess things you might, based on the way you collect now, you probably, I'm guessing wouldn't be going in buying Tom Brady cards this year. Maybe you would, but like, what are some things you might be doing differently if you're going to the national this year? Good question. I think, you know, going to the national issue, I wouldn't feel so, um, I wouldn't feel the urge to have to spend the money I brought with me this, you know, to national. I think last year, right. I, you know, I had funds that I brought with me and it was almost like burning a hole in my pocket. I was like, I've got to bring home cards from the national. I want to make deals with people at the national that, that I've been communicating with during social media. I think this time around, I would be absolutely hundred percent comfortable walking away, not even purchasing a card there. If I was going, just because again, you know, we've talked about this even when we we're at the the uh, monster at the midway was you've got your eBay searches right and cards that are up for auction right now, like, and you do that evaluation of like, is there something on eBay that I would want more than what I'm seeing on tables right in showcases walking around a, a card show or at the national? So I think just having more restraint there would probably be my biggest difference in positioning going into national this year. I mean, it was a blast hanging out with with folks like Chris and Josh and uh, Drake uh, and, and others that we got to spend time with in Chicago last year and definitely going to miss that out on this year. But yeah, I think just having a little bit more strength this year um, and more focus on what I'm actually collecting versus last year, I felt like it was more of a kind of a shotgun of 
if I just see something that I like, I'm going to buy it without any reasoning of how it adds to the story of my collection be uh, the other difference this year. Yeah. So I think that's a good call out and just that we can take a recent experience in May when we went to the Midwest monster to go like you and I walked out of there and thinking about this, you and I didn't purchase a card. And I think we were talking about, we have our save searches set up and it was like, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the card in your save search or would you rather have the cards in the, the showcase? And I don't know, like, I think there, there was some self-restraint there because after the show, I will say after the show, it was like a kick in the ass to go buy some of those cards that were on my watch list. Yeah. And in fact, like, I think I bought a car, like probably like while driving, cause you messaged me. So <laughs> I think, I don't know, that's a good, like going into the national, I'm not encouraging people not to make deals, but just like buy stuff that, you know, you can compare to other things that are top of mind for you. No, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think you and I both walked out of that show. You bought a card that I texted you. It was something to add. I think it was a Matt Ryan card to add to your finest collection that you were trying to do. And then we went and had a cigar and I ended up buying a, a Reggie Wayne <laughs> Bowman Chrome X-Fractor rookie car that I had been watching. And I even went back with my son. Uh, I took him the next day and walked around. I mean, he had a blast collecting Pokemon cards and you know, dealers were super kind, giving him free packs and whatnot. And it was the last table I found. Um, uh, a Reggie Miller card that caught my eye that I ended up picking up for, for cheap, but it was, you know, one of those restraints that um, it was just fun to walk around and seeing the variety that was out there. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this cause I know you're very much into it. And so am I, and there's a lot of, there's a community of people into this Avenue. I, I don't know about you, but it, I don't know if it's the nostalgia, the sets or whatever, but like I've been having an absolute blast exploring like, mid 2000 sets, Chrome finest, uh, rare parallels within those sets and identifying players that, you know, I appreciated and exploring, like adding those cards to my collection. I think there is a lot of nice prices on eBay when it comes to some of that stuff. And I don't know, like you compare it to the basketball counterparts and their football, retired football, Hall of Fame football hasn't quite caught up yet with kind of some of what's happening in basketball. And I know you're jumping into that. So maybe like share what you like about that experience and kind of um, what are the types of things you're, you're looking at or looking for? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, always healthy to have those offshoots, as you mentioned, right? It's like, you know, I've got, I've talked about this, my finest gold obsession with with Peyton, Reggie, and Edge, and, and uh, Marvin. But there are, in that study, in that learning experience, right, there are sets like 2006 Finest, right, that we've really both grown accustomed to and, and like to look and feel those cards. Um, and you're right, Hall of Fame players for those cards, it's shocking how affordable some of those cards are. Um, in fact, I've got it. I bought, it's the Larry Fitzgerald. It's the Black X-Fractor. It's out of 25. Top's finest. It was one of those where I saw it and I was like, you know, I'm not a, a Cardinals guy. I'm not a Fitzgerald, but I respect him as a player. I remember watching him as a player. And I was like, that is just a card that I would love to have in my PC for whatever period of time that is. But it's, you know, one of those um, offshoots of, of looking for Hall of Fame players that, you know, we grew up watching um, that'll, that'll be in Canton one day and super affordable cards, right? 
And then another offshoot is the 2011 Finest Mosaic Refractors, right? I got my Matt Ryan here. And this is my first Matt Ryan card that I picked up. And again, when I saw it on eBay, it was just dumb how inexpensive it was for, you know, these are out of 10. And I've got this one. I've, I've got a couple other ones that I've added to my PC recently. They don't fit my Colts mold, right? But there's really cool looking cards. And then the latest one, and I'll give, um, I accepted Chris's challenge, I think in your last podcast, was finding a player where you could be the best collector mm. of. And you sent me a card the other day and I found another mm. one I told you about. But um, I may have talked about this on a previous episode, but I played uh, football in high school and we went to Cathedral High School here in town. And it was you know, very competitive um, within the state from a football perspective. And I was fortunate to, to play quarterback there. My tight end and our defensive lineman was a guy named Matthias Kiwanuka. Um, and he and Jeremy Trueblood, Jeremy was also a lineman for me. They ended up going to Boston College and played together. And then they both were drafted in the 2006 NFL draft. Matthias was, I think he was the 32nd pick in the first round that went to New York. Um, and then Jeremy went a few rounds later, I think, to Miami to, to play. But so Matthias's cards are out on the market. And I don't know of anybody else that's collecting Matthias Kiwanuka. And I have his Bowman Chrome gold that I've had for a couple of years when I got back into the hobby. And then you sent me his 2006 black refractor, which I purchased. For, which pairs with the Larry Fitzgerald that you Which pairs with the Larry. But then last night I found his gold refractor, 2006, that was on eBay. And, you know, I went back and forth with the seller and got it for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things of stuff that we're acquiring, these are very cheap cards um, that of a guy that I've got a personal connection to. And now I'm marrying it up with my favorite set. I'm getting his gold. I've got his black X-Fractor. You know, I'm on the hunt for his gold X-Fractor. If anybody out there knows where it's at, um, you know, send me a note, McGrath Cards on Instagram. But it's just fun to like find those side PCs that are super inexpensive of people that you have a, collect, uh, a connection with. And that just got a whole other avenue that when a paint car is going for four figures, right, I can go buy another card for 20 bucks that makes me almost just as happy, right. To add to my PC and then I'll keep with forever. Right. Cause I've got a story to tell on this guy that, you know, used to drive my car around in high school. And, you know, we used to get into it on the football field because we were super competitive and, you know, did some great stuff playing together. So yeah, it's just a fun Avenue to explore and to get involved with. And again, healthy to kind of have those um, less expensive cards to go after as well. Uh, when you're feeling like you're in a drought, trying to find some of those more of a uh, bigger name cards. Uh, two guests that I've had on the show, Flippity Flip Cards and Brooklyn Very Bright, they operate in this hemisphere. And it's, I would say, it's just really fun to find other people who are collecting in these areas. And you, the, you begin to appreciate these cards in the years um, with, you know, other collectors. So I'll just call that out. The Larry Fitzgerald, I told you, I had like, I had that card like on my watch list and it was gone. So like you and I have a similar palette when it comes to some of these cards and a Fitzgerald, I think first ballot hall of famer, like a guy that you, we can appreciate. Then I just have to comment. Uh, Cause you know, there, it's not a show that you don't come on that we don't promote cathedral high school. Uh, Ted Karras on the Bengals now uh, Pete Werner badass on the saints he's gonna get paid and i'd be remiss not to mention uh terry mcclurin in that new contract he got so <laughs> all right. 
yeah, pretty, a lot of state championships, a lot of uh, great players. Um, so it's, I like how you're, and also, I don't know if I told this story, uh, but I got, I, so when, my, when Kyle was a, a senior, I was a freshman. And so the freshmen come up and play scout team and I'll never forget playing linebacker on the scout team and looking over and my brother calling a play that I just absolutely got demolished. And Matthias Kiwanuka was involved in my just demise at some level, but I think it's fun that you can use a vehicle like the hobby to go buy cards of these players and kind of trigger some of these memories. Yeah, it's surreal, right? I mean, it's one of those things where like, I still remember guinea lanky Matthias that was trying to figure out what position he wanted to play on a, on a football team. And obviously to see the great things he did, winning Super Bowl with the Giants, it's incredible, right? And so when you can use the hobby to refuel those memories and you know create a really cool PC, and it's, uh, it's again, it goes back to you spend 10 minutes out of your day looking at your cards because they make you smile. Um, and that's just a, a great example of it. We're going to close just with maybe a, just a little bit of NFL discussion because the training camp is happening. Um, we're going to talk Colts, but I, I want to know from you, like there's so much of the hobby is you see all of these young players and these cards and people posting stuff. And you're, you know, you're seeing all the Burroughs and the Herberts and the Zach Wilson's and the Mac Jones and the Tua's and the Jalen Hurts, all these cards. It, based on what you know about like, quarterback team anything else like do you have any like going into this season non-colts we'll talk about the colts but do you have any like strong feelings towards like any of these quarterbacks transitions teams that you're like you know what like if i get down to my fantasy draft like here's someone that i'd be interested in with in because like this is like a team or a player that i believe in yeah i and you know this too, i mean the the whole like quarterback hype in the NFL, it is so hit and miss, unless you're like the elites, right. That are just proven one year after another, you know, this young crop of, of QBs. And again, that was part of the carousel ride. I was on at one point in time, right. Just prospecting on, on some of these guys, but you just don't know what type of career, let alone a hall of fame career that they're going to have. I mean, you know, you look like guys like Joe Burrow, who's coming off going to the Super Bowl last year and, you know, his receiving core and just some of the players, he had, like he set up that, as long as he doesn't get injured and we know that that offensive line needs some improvement, right? Like he could be just the continue to be a dynamic player uh, in the sport. You know, Herbert is, is another one, right. That is proven and watching him play, like has all the tools and capabilities. It takes one injury, right? It takes one bad season. It takes, you know, there's so many things that could, that could happen to derail somebody's hype um, as a, as a QB and a prospect that it's just tough to tell, how this season is going to shake out. I mean, you look at the AFC and the, the quarterbacks in the AFC. I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's insane that, that now you got Russell Wilson, right? That's, you know, on this side of the coin on the AFC. So being a Colts fan, you look across just the landscape. I can't wait to go to games at Lucas Oil because you're always going to get top tier players and quarterbacks that are coming through there just to sit and watch and appreciate. And of course, right. We were, we were in this optimistic seat last year with Carson coming to Indianapolis. We were talking about, you know, him sitting out at the beginning of training camp and, you know, we had all the hope and the hype and aspirations for him, but it's different this year with Matt Ryan, right? I think you kind of peel back into some of the personal stories. You sent me a post this morning, right? He was at a local dealership signing autographs within the past day and they had him on a two hour um, kind of window 
And then he had a huge line of people. And he basically, you know, the, the manager was like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna have to turn people away because then we're not going to be able to get them in in your two hour window. And he basically said, don't worry about it. I'm here for them. They came to see me. And he stayed for like three and a half hours, just to sign autographs and talk to people. Right. So it's super exciting to see what he's going to do with the team this year. And I'm looking forward to, we get to go out and, and watch some training camp coming up here in a couple of weeks. So who knows what this season is going to look like? It'll be a wild ride. I mean, I think every year we're like, all right, the Colts are going to start two and O or two. And it's been like, zero and three consistently for the past how many years. So we're, if we get a, an opening game win, I think that'll be at least a good check in the right box for us. We're, we're at Houston to open up the season. And I want to say that's a W, but with the way the Colts have started, you never know. I think I was actually talking with dad yesterday about this. And I said, all the scars of the starts of the season, I just like visualize like Davis Mills throwing for 400 yards and the Colts <laughs> losing. But uh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's like football season is just right around the corner. It's like, man, I need it. It's like, I'm dying over here. Like, give me some football, you know? Yeah. I mean, it. Uh, we can only do so much, you know, hoping our Pacers are going to turn the ship and all the rumors that have been going around there. And yeah, we've got IndyCar out there to kind of watch some races here mm-hmm. and there, but nothing's, Nothing beats the reporting like today to, to training camp or tomorrow to training camp and, and seeing them back out on the field and then knowing that we'll be in Lucas Oil shortly to, to watch them play. Thank you for taking some time to talk about your year in collecting and the evolution. Hopefully all of you out there enjoyed two brothers talking about sports cards. And if you're out at the National, enjoy your time, Kyle. We will talk again soon. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Let's go. Enjoy your time. At home, enjoy your time at the National. Always make sure you're having fun. This hobby is a wonderful escape. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Stacking Sides podcast next week.